Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lavish Hope, a podcast that highlights stories of resilience and overcoming. In this space, we explore what it means to be resilient in today's world, how to overcome challenges and find hope that is generous, abundant, and even extravagant. It's a hope that is deeply rooted in our faith, not some theoretical ideal, but gritty, real, hard-won faith. It connects us with the prophet's powerful, assuring message, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. And our hope is that you'll come away from these episodes feeling encouraged and inspired with perhaps a new tip or tool to help you on your life's journey. So come along with us and embrace lavish hope. Nikki, welcome, welcome to Lavish Hope, Stories of Resilience and Overcoming. So excited to have you be one of our first guests here at the podcast. I'm in my little office at our seminary in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and you're in Northwest Iowa. So we're grateful for technology that connects us. But I'm so excited to welcome you here to hear about your stories of hope, resilience and overcoming and goodness, we could talk for hours. So we'll have to be really focused on, yeah. on what we hit upon. But I know you're a pro at this. So um, so why don't you go ahead and just share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Okay, first of all, I want to thank you. It's such a privilege to be doing this with you. And you are in your element in this place. Like this, I remember doing my first podcast and I was sweaty hand pit. like, it couldn't be on video because I had pit marks. Oh, I was so nervous (laughs) and you are just so natural. I know. But the thing is that it's an opportunity for us to get our stories out. So I love that. And yes, I, I am now a podcaster and, and a coach. I love to help people step into all they're called to do. I work with um, people individually in their own life, but then also entrepreneurs, which has been the last two years on top of it all to help them make this sort of thing happen so that we can just reach more people with the message. And that's where my heart is. I have two daughters and now they're starting a family, a granddaughter and Justin and Ray and Iris are here this week while I'm doing this and a husband who's wonderful and supports me. But you'll soon hear that um, that it's not all roses. There have been many hard times and we'll get into that in just a little bit. Great, great. Well, thanks Nikki for sharing a little bit about yourself. Um, I just love to hear, maybe tell us what does resilience mean to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's that bounce back kind of ability that, um, that understanding that, okay, you can't even be resilient if you first haven't landed in the tank, right? Like, I think sometimes we get, I can get um, disappointed or feel like, why, why are things going so hard? Or what's wrong with me? Or am I on the right, wrong path or whatever? The whole point and, and many verses in the Bible remind us that we have this resilience with God, 
but that's, we can't forget the fact that there, that wouldn't even be if we didn't first have the fall. So I, I want us to remember it's okay to fall. We all screw up. We all get in bad places. I mean, this time right now in COVID is difficult on all of us. That's not the issue. It's now, what do we do with that? And can we lean into God and can we bounce back and be resilient? Like that is the story. Yeah, that's so great. So can you give us an example of that from your own life? So, I mean, I've been thinking about this, knowing the title of your show. So, um, you know, I don't know how many people will know this about me, but I was well into my teens before I learned to read. And so um, I, I have a story that I tell now when I speak, not realizing how um, it could catch some people, but I told it once and a bunch of people emailed and called. So now I'm like, you know what? I can share that. But I was about 12 years old and sitting in English up front because I had to listen. I couldn't read. So I had to listen with everything I had They're conjugating sentences. And I, you know, you're getting called on and you're praying. It's not going to be you. And she called on me. I walked up to the front knowing that I couldn't conjugate this sentence, holding the chalk melting in my hands because my little hands are so sweaty. And I, you know, pretended to start to write, but I knew I couldn't write the sentence, let alone conjugate it or anything. And she ripped that chalk out of my hand and threw it on the tray thing on the chalkboard and told me to get my books and go sit in the back so someone more worthy could sit in my chair. And I remember thinking, I will never treat anyone like that. Now, what happened and I think is so pivotal for us is that I didn't think I was unworthy. That was not my instinct. When I heard somebody in authority to me say, go take the back seat, go to the back of the room because someone more worthy is going to sit up front. My instinct was to be, I am never going to treat anyone like that. And that didn't come from when you're 12, um, you're taught that. And, you know, how many of us are taught the things that God wants us to learn. My dad, I, my family came from a divorced family and my dad came into our life when I was about five years old and he brought God with him. And prior to that, believe it or not, my other, um, my biological father's family was in Scientology. And so this was just this unconditional love that I knew no matter my worth was in love. I knew that that's, that's all that mattered to me. So, so I would say, um, you know, is that a story of resilience? I think so, but it's more that sometimes I think these life incidences, when something happens to us and we lean into God and truth and light to get through it, we are resilient, but every time we do that, we're reminded of his power and then it gives us more faith to do it again. And I needed to have that sort of will to myself just because, you know, it's hard to not be able to read when you're young <laughs> and, and now it's, it's convenient because I'm used to working hard. So now when I have to struggle through things, I don't know, it's sort of a normal feeling. Mm, wow. That's amazing. I love that, that your, your worth was in love. Yes. That, you know, that is, that's God is love, right? So mm-hmm. once we got that and we hold on to that for dear life, I'm just wondering, um, just for those that might be wondering themselves, 
uh, when you say that you couldn't read, can you just unpack that a little bit for us of like, why couldn't you read if you don't mind? Not at all. So um, I, I just, you know, at that time, there's seasons in schooling where they'll say you have dyslexia, other seasons where we know we called a learning disorder and whatever the case is. But uh, I, at, at 11, I had to memorize uh, a book to be able to read it. And it would be like a Dr. Seuss or hop on pop, stop, Jane, stop, you know, and that was at 11. Around 12, I started to be able to you know, slowly with a lot of concentration, no one watching read a sentence or two. When I was 13, we moved to a small school. So I went from a large school to like a population town of 200. And I got a lot of help. And by about age 14 or 15, I started reading like the first page of each chapter for a book. And then I do my report off that. And my report was not pretty. But by the time I was about 16, I could get through almost all of a book. Like I'd read the first and last sentence of every paragraph and just because it was so exhausting. And then by the time I was in college, I was reading, but I was used to working really hard to be able to read. And to me, that felt great. I mean, even though it was really hard to study and that was still, I was doing it and it felt awesome. That's so amazing. I mean, talk about a story of overcoming. Nikki, that's tremendous. Well, it, it, I think the people listening, I mean, thank you. I'm not very good at always saying thank you. But the, the people listening, I guess I, I am all about helping people step into their call. So I'm thinking if you're listening today and you're feeling like, you know, I... I'm not enough. I can't, um, you know, somebody else has more gifts than me or whatever. I mean, how odd is it that the very thing that was my weakest God has used to become my greatest, like that I'm an author. My whole business is wrapped around this book and this message. Like I didn't do that. He did that. And anyone listening if there is hope in anything, it is hope in God. And I, if you have a stirring in you that there's got to be more to life, there's got to be something. There is, there is, we just need to hear it and we need to know how to step into it and, and just know that whoever is listening now. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think of that Jer Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, but the piece where, you know, and it's on, it's in every graduation, you know, the graduation section, the Christian gift card graduation section in, in, in the store, right? Of, you know, the Jeremiah 29 and 11 uh, through 13. But for me, it is for surely God knows the plans for us. And, and it's for us as individuals. And it's also about, you know, the, the, the writer was speaking, the prophet was speaking to the, to the people Israel. So it's a community thing. God wants all of us to be about God's plans and purposes. And that's where it's, it's important for us to have people that can speak that truth into our life and can it, it, it help encourage us for that future with hope or that future and a hope, depending on the version of the Bible that you like to read. And I just, I'm, I'm just sensing from you that you you must have had some people along the way. You were saying you got help when you got to that one school, but that you had people along the way that were willing to travel with you, that were not shaming you, that were not, you know, like yeah. had the counterpoint of that one teacher that was terrible. Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, that's so inexcusable. And thank God, thank God that you had 
the wherewithal to know that that was not true. Do you know what? That is so good. And I'm glad we brought that up because that is the armor of God. And we don't realize that like when Liz is saying that, that's so true that like you had the wisdom to listen to this and not to that. It was still spoken. Those hateful, embarrassing, I mean, I can remember chanting of like the boys in my class, um, you know, talking about how dumb I was or whatever. Like, I don't get me wrong. It wasn't there, but it was almost like there was a shield around it or there was like, I knew you when you are tapped into the Trinity that like kind of say that tapped into the Trinity, like that's a cool thing. When you are tapped into the Trinity, you hear truth and light and you recognize the lies the Holy Spirit speaks truth into you. And so it's always our answer. If we're stuck in these ruts where we believe things that aren't Philippians 4, 8, if you believe what isn't noble and right and praiseworthy and excellent and all these things, it's not of God. So like that whole, let the Holy spirit give you that little, like, wait a minute. No, I am not that I am a child of God and I am worthy. And I am in, in the Holy spirit will do that for you, but we've got to get to know him and we've got to hear him. And there's things we can do to do that, but it will work. He'll speak truth and lighten you. So beautiful. You preach it, sister. I know, <laughs> I know, I know you you don't identify as a preacher, but you're preaching. <laughs> I know. I like <laughs> so, I'm a cheerleader. Yes. So, so Nikki, you know, I we're good friends. I've, you know, been with you as you've been traveling these past few years, really like going into the next steps of your calling. And I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit about your journey through mm -hmm. your former career, which is still with you, but you know, just how did you move through, you know, moved yeah. into nursing and then through that. And then that moment when you felt God was calling you to the next thing. Sure. So, you know, I had, um, there's a tiny little story. I'm not going to share it all. Go get my book if you want. But I came to my faith when I was about 22 years old, holding my daughter. And it was over a, a immense exchange of love and insight about loving a child, right? You're holding your own and you get it. Okay. So it was powerful. God spoke to me at that time. And I know he doesn't, I know that's kind of foreign for some people, but spoke to me. And I left that knowing that my job was to love. That was it. And, and, and I tried to do that really well. And so we're human. And so anyone who knows me between the years of now and then and that I didn't act very loving, sorry, I'm human, but, but my, my passion was to try to do that. And I did, I, I loved my patients, my staff, my family. I was a director of nursing for 20 plus years and they did very well. Like like our infection rates and our staff turnover and everything. And I'm sure that that's because we just, that was our precedence. That was our mission, vision, value to love, like to love and serve. Right. So I'm thinking everything's fine. I'm happy as can be so fulfilled, great money. Like that sounds a little arrogant, but I mean, life was good, right? Never on my knees, right? No need to be. Everything was so rosy. So then all of a sudden, uh, and I went to church and all that, but um, then all of a sudden, like a switch, I was so unsettled and bored and it bugged me and I didn't know why, like I couldn't figure out why I just had this nagging, like there's got to be something more, whatever. And I sort of him hot about going on to more school and different things. And eventually I started turning to God. 
And it was sad to say, this is so embarrassing, but I've got to do it to help people like come along with me. But (laughs) that was the first time that I really sought God because I hadn't been on my knees. I mean, I said a prayer. We prayed at supper. Breakfast and lunch obviously weren't enough, but we, but supper we prayed for. I mean, like I was a half in believer, but I would, if, if somebody would have stood in front of me and said, will you die for your faith? I would have said yes, but Mm -hmm. I was not practicing. I was not living into it. I was not nourishing and feeding myself with God or the Trinity. I was not tapping in. And so how, of course I couldn't hear him, of course, but I started to, right? So, so then all of a sudden things went fast and you know, the story now, and you are one of those things that (laughs) God breathed into me. So once I did start tapping into the Trinity, all three, I'd love to talk about that if we have time, but um, that's when doors started literally just flying open opportunities, shutting doors and just take those, um, with as much salty grace as you can, because those are good answers. Shut doors are excellent ways to know how to proceed. And so that was happening. And all I, uh, all I learned to do is to just go and, and, and it would become clear. And that is the whole thing with you guys of faith is not faith if you know what you're doing. So those of us who once in a while have God say, go do this, like, come on, how can you, Are you not kidding go? me? <laughs> yeah. How can you not go do it? I mean, it's happened, but I mean, Nineveh, right? Yes. But, but we've got all of us that just are dying for God to tell us what to do. And we have to kind of do our best. It's Romans 12 too. It's the last part that we hardly ever think about. We all want to like be transformed. I want that, but we forget that we don't know the will of God. We're supposed to go, we're supposed to be transformed. So get God into your brain, heart, mind, and soul, then just go as best you can. And you test your understanding of God, not God. You don't test God. You test your understanding. He'll make it clear. So that was kind of my journey. That's beautiful. And um, so, so tell us a little bit about where you are now, like specifically what, what is going on for you? And, you know, I do love the story of, I mean, talking about hope, resilience and overcoming really the story of how you began this whole on-air ministry. Yeah. It's pretty fun. You did have some, you know, you had to overcome some things and, and stay the course. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now I, yeah, I'm, I'm signed for a four part discipleship series. It's a tongue twister and I'm in book. I just finished book two. So I'll just briefly say this. So they're basically my journey. So as I'm growing in faith, and maybe that's nice that you don't have all pastors on here because I'm about as normal as can be. So, you know, my first book is simply my story, myself getting God partnered, me learning to tap into the Trinity. It's your personal faith journey. Okay. So if you want to just get so tapped in and know how to hear God, Shema, remember me saying that to you? Like if you want to hear God so much that it turns into action, um, that's what that book's about. It's you. Then the next book, the next three, I should say, are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the Father book, which is book two, and I just finished, is where we take this God-partnered life that we have, right? God is love, but now we can't help, and this is how he made us. We can't help but then bring that out to other people. And so that book is Changing Your Home. And, you know, I can look back and I can live in regret, and many of us can, that 
I didn't raise my girls. I mean, I raised them to be loving because that's what God told me. And I was trying to listen, but I didn't, I didn't teach them wisdom. I taught them in the world how to be kind and nice. They didn't have the scripture. They didn't have these things underneath. And so now I'm playing double time and my husband and myself. But I mean, so that first book is your own journey. And the next one is taking it further into your home and bringing God into your home. The next one is Jesus. And where did Jesus bring his faith into the community? And so we advance a little further and we're going to bring that faith into our community. And the last book is the Holy Spirit who roamed the earth. And that book is where we'll bring faith to the world. And I will have a lot of help doing it because what I've been doing over these last couple of years is getting this movement going of what I call legacy leaders, but people who are leaving the Jesus legacy all around. And we're bringing it first into ourselves, then to in our homes and then the community and outward. And, and it's just so beautiful to see these people. I mean, Rags to riches. I'll have somebody call me that says I am in a bad place. I, Joe, Joe, I cheated on my wife for five years. She's filing papers. We've been to a counselor for two years. Can you help me? And inside I'm having a dialogue with God, not Joe, like really God, like this is what happened in my family. You want me to help him? His like, anyway, I just heard affirmations. So I sort of surrendered and I just said, okay, Joe, I don't know him, but I said, what makes you think I can help you? And that is what I felt like God was telling me to ask him. And he said to me, crying, defeated, I've tried everything but God. And so I said, okay. And now Joe, runs a company because this is the legacy we're leaving where he turned everything around in his marriage and he didn't, God did in a matter of months, those two are back together. They both are now discipling other marriages. They have a business of their own called um, sheds and beds and they do retreats where they help married couples. I mean, that's how God is changing in people. So the talk show and stepping out in blind faith. Uh, as I've grown into this job, like, you know, God opens doors and I'm never ready for them. So if you're thinking <laughs> that you're going to be comfortable stepping out in your call, you you will, if you decide that being uncomfortable is comfortable and that's almost what's happening. Like I'm kind of used to being uncomfortable, but he, if he's going to grow you, you, you kind of need to have this happening. But anyway, I got asked to be on a talk show and it was very expensive. The pilot was expensive. And I had a deal with God that I was not going, I was going to be wise with my money. I was going to grow this naturally. He was going to show me how, whatever. And um, I didn't have this money to invest in it. And I called them back and I said, no, I don't think I can, I can do that. You know, it's too much. And they offered me a little less and I almost did it. And I thought, oh, that's the devil. He's tempted me, I said no. And I still said no. And then it was bugging me and I tried to go to bed and it was just bugging me. And I got up in the morning and I was getting ready and it was the day that it was supposed to be turned in and my pilot and I had already told them no. And so it was too late. 
but I was getting ready and it was bothering me. I said, God, I am so sorry. And I know your power. I'm talking to him. I'm getting ready. If I screwed this up, I know you got me, but I, you know, whatever. And he said, call Liz. God said, call Liz. And, And do you know this? And so then I, I was like, really? And I kind of usually ask God the same question two or three times. Mm-hmm. I think people should do that because if you hear back, it's really affirming or if it's a little different or whatever, but exact same thing, call us. So I did, I went, got my cell phone and you weren't there. It went to voicemail and I'm like, perfect. I misunderstood. <laughs> I misunderstood. I went There's back. the answer, right? Yeah, I got started getting ready. And then all of a sudden um, I heard call Leslie. And I'm like, I didn't even ask him, call Leslie. So I put down my stuff. I went and I called Leslie and she answered. And she, I don't know, in the most loving way, she's not even a mama, is she? No. She sort of- Not a biological children. She let me have it in the most lovely way and said, you you can't get this opportunity and not give anyone a chance to have chimed in. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, I, now I had already turned it down. It's past due. And now I tell someone, but I never sought wise counsel. And that was my lesson. And I didn't know to, because I didn't come from this world. I went to church on Sunday and I prayed for supper. I didn't have this community. Like I needed to learn that lesson and God taught it to me hard. So I, I said, well, okay, well, what, you know, and it felt like you're begging for help and all this like uncomfortable stuff I didn't want to do. And she just said, this is what I'd like you to do. So I did it. And it was reach out to you. So I sent you an email, copied Tim and in like hours, not even days, hours, I'm getting messages back that, okay, I think we can support this. We don't know how, trust it. Well, let me get back to you. Chris starts getting involved. And then sure enough, I emailed the the network and said, hey, I know this is supposed to be in today. I'm thinking I want to do it. I, I, I need a while to get the money together. And they said, okay, well, tomorrow they're pitching the shows. There's 10 or so of them in. If you can get it to us by midnight, they'll, they'll do it at 10 a.m. And they called me at 11 and said that I got it. Wow. So for listeners who are not privy to some of this kind of in, inside scoop in terms of the people you're talking about, just to say, Nikki, that you had come into the ministry that Leslie and I are part of um, to be part of a, a leadership collaborative, right? That your awesome. pastor at your church, Tim, had had gotten you connected with us. And we were so excited to have you be part of our ministry. And you were on this journey, right, with this group of women, all part of this bigger um, yeah, legacy leadership, um, yeah, development program that we were doing or process better said. And so that's how you got to know Leslie and I, and Leslie Mazzotta, my, my colleague, she also has this background in theater and in, you know, she lives in the middle of New York city. And so the two of us together had these experiences from our past careers, which would have led you, I think would have led God to say, they can be wise counsel for you as yeah. you're out there in Iowa. Here's these women that you've gotten connected to through right. this Christian organization to help you suss yeah. out what it is that God is calling you to. And I just love that. And then when you said, Tim, that's your pastor. And then Chris is your regional leader. And so 
that's part of that, that God is, we're hardwired for community, right? When right. love, agape love, right? We don't have these different words. Like the Greek has four different words for love, but that agape love, that love of, of community. Um, and I'm, I, I just love that you articulated that so beautifully about how you were able to sort of put the, you know, you didn't cut it off. You stayed obedient. You got, you know, kept going, you know, like you, you know, another person would have been like, great, no, Liz, I'm done. I'm yeah. out of here. Good night, everybody. But you kept moving forward and then you were adaptable. Mm-hmm. I see this kind of resilience in you, this grit, right? Of like, mm-hmm. once you knew what God was calling you to, you went for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. If there's anything that you can share with our listeners about like what actually stirred in you to help propel you. Yeah. Like, how do you overcome yeah. it? How do yeah. you calibrate? Yeah, trust? there is. And as strange as this is to say, everyone can do this and it happens fast. So think of math. I want you to think about like seven times seven times seven times seven times seven. Like it starts out small, but quickly it gets fast. And it is the story of the talents. And so my talent will say that instead of money, but whatever, you know, um, you know, I started investing in it a little bit. Now take yourself back to my reading story. I could read one sentence at a time and then it became a paragraph and then it became, and now I'm writing books. Um, now there's, I still need an editor, but we'll just say, you know, what I want you to know that any of you right now listening, and I don't care what it's about. It doesn't have to be like, pack up your bags and go to another country and be a mission worker. I'm just saying, step into God. And start this blind faith action and just do one little thing, like pray to God and say, God, I don't know what you want me to do today, but tell me, I will listen to you. And like, when you wake up in the morning, say, I'm going to try something, God, like this feels weird, but I heard a podcast today and this chick was like, try this. And you get up in the morning and you say, God, I don't, I have no idea what, but, but give me a nudge. And when I think it's goosebumps, let me know it's the Holy spirit. And when my stomach flips, it's not a bad burrito. It's like you, like, (laughs) like we think of all these other things, God is, and the Holy spirit is talking to us every single day. And we are writing it off to the world. And, and we're being taught this and our kids are being taught this, that, you know, this power that we have within us, you go ahead and do that. You get about as good as you are, because I'm going to get about as good as God is. And I'm going to bring him into me and I'm going to give him the credit and I'm going to learn how to tap into him. And I want, I want you all to do that and start every time you do it. And a little thing happens, a little door, then our, our, our quick response can be, oh gosh, I got so lucky. Oh no, you didn't. Remember you got up in the morning and said, God, tell me what to do. And I did that little thing. So you give God the glory and he's teaching us because why would he want to raise someone up to have them go and take all the glory? So now we can't lead the people. He is, he is so wise and we just have to learn how to, how to use him and tap into him. Yes. And I'm hearing too, there's when you're saying, give God the glory, that's an act of gratitude. It is. So there's and something about this. Um, I'm feeling this sense of, of gratitude. Totally, Liz. And well, because, well, it's, it's weird because we can have gratitude in how great we are. Right. But we can have gratitude in this like process of, yes. it's not even just the 
the the gratitude of God because we all have that. I think like it's common and it and it, it's easier. It's that process of dependence and surrender and leaning in and that whole like you get it. Once you get it, when I'm coaching with people, I see them get it. I see them when they go to that place and they're like, and then just they take off and like that. That is such a beautiful thing to like start baby step it. Just let go, trust it, go in, recognize it, give praises. It's a, it's a process. So there's two things that I want to just tease out before we start to wrap up, because we have to hear a little bit more about how people can get connected with you and your wonderful ways that you're blessing the world. But um, two things that really, I think were standing out to me that are, you know, we talk about being, um, the whole thing of being in and of the world, right? It's like where, how, mm-hmm. how we still have to be in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But but we don't have to be of the world. So I'm interested always in how do we approach these things you know, as followers of Jesus, as we are walking, you know, our faith walking as disciples, deepening our journey, becoming disciples who make more disciples, the ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes there's things that are countercultural. Mm-hmm. So the thing that that I heard you say um, earlier on, you talked about that you felt that you were begging for help, mm-hmm. and that is such a that's such an American thing. It's such a Western worldly thing that you're supposed to make it on your own. You're supposed to have survival of the fittest, right? It is shameful if you ask others for help. And we know that if we read the Bible with the correct lens, we know that the biblical teaching is. We are, I mean, we are hardwired for community. When God said, love one another, when Jesus said, love one another, that was agape love again, love in community. So there's this thing of we, that's God's, Jesus's biggest gift was to tell us to love one another, right? And you had that in you from the beginning when you were saying like, you knew your job was to love. That's Mm -hmm. what it was, but then also it's mutual. Mm -hmm. So for you to be able to interpret and, and sort of get your own, you know, your, your spiritual maturity in place where you were able to then understand perhaps, and I don't want to speak for you. So you're right on just to say with the begging for help. I think that's such a good word for people that think that there's, you know, the shame, the shame and blame, right? It's everywhere. And that is a lie of the enemy. Yep. It, there is nothing shameful about asking for help, yep. especially yep. when you're following God's call on your life. You need that wise counsel. Yeah. So I don't know if you have anything more to tease out from that, but I just you know, wanted to speak to that. I'm so grateful that you brought that up. No, and you're exactly right. And, you know, we can plug along in the world on our own and it just gets exhausting. And and that's what I hear people say, you know, they're wore out, they're tired, they're anxious, they're overwhelmed because, Mm -hmm. and they're good people. We are all good people. We are all children of God. But when we start getting around people who aren't just taking and the world is taking from us and then things die, that's what happens in the world. We just, that's the way it works. But in, in, when we're around community with people who are filling up with God, they have constantly more to give you. And you just have this, this community of giving and receiving and going to the next level, giving, receiving, going to the next level. It never ends. And you got to get around people. I mean, like the the leadership collaborative that I was in, I mean, that, that wasn't an accident that that was timed right when I needed to shift from, I was still working as a nurse then. Mm-hmm. That was right before I had flipped into just full-time this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then I think how, you know, you were out in the world, you know, as a nurse, and then you got this sort of like 
spiritual awakening to start to do stuff that mm-hmm. had more of, you know, spiritual health and wellness as well. And that's a beautiful thing because, you know, as you said, we are all children of God and it is an opportunity for us to, to be within our community of, of Jesus followers or, or people mm-hmm. that are on the Christian journey. But then we also have that opportunity yeah. to be able to shine that light out and bless others as well in ways that we may not even know how to even interpret yeah. or even we'll never see the result of, but that that's an, that's, that's a witness that we mm-hmm. get to, to, um, to mm-hmm. manifest. And I think that's, that's a really yeah. beautiful piece of it. It's a both handedness of it, right? It the, will- it's the inside, the inner and the outer. Yeah, that is so awesome. People can't see because they're listening, but you're nodding and bobbing. Yes. I know I am. And in my book, you will say, so my editor, the second book I wrote, so that was the one bringing your faith into your home. The editor like highlighted all these times that I use this phrase, inward impression, making an outward expression. And he's like, you need to talk about that more. Like, I love that. And, and I always, I often think that's that Shema too, where you hear so strongly, it's like wisdom, truly wisdom is where it comes out in you. Like, I love that you brought that up. There's something else I was going to say, darn it. I think it's gone. Oh, I know what it is. Okay. good. I know what it is. This is help. Like the story is saying, I, um, I was saying earlier that like, I was afraid to reach out. I didn't tap into wise counsel. Well, going into book um, three now is what you're saying, going out into the community. And God has brought me in these books as I've been growing. They're my story and Mm -hmm. I'm just bringing people with me. And so I'm scared and I am aware of the fact that I don't know what he's going to ask me, but this third book is taking your faith out into the world, the community. And I know what's coming after that. And so it's scary, but anyone listening, you might be hearing this and thinking, I know. And um, so like you may be hearing this, like I am not afraid anymore to, to be given information, whether it's coming from God, another sister or brother, but if I'm not around any wise counsel and they don't know that this is the next part of my journey and what, how that might look like. I'm okay with, I'm, I'm okay. Letting people know that. I don't know. I've got this third book that I will write because I've been told to, and I don't even know what's going to be in one page of it. And I don't feel equipped, but then I'm, I will be. And that's like God's been, God spoon feeds us on a need to know basis. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, one of uh, the, the foundational scriptures in this current season for our ministry is encourage one another and build up each other as in fact you are doing. And it's just like hashtag encourage one another, right? Because we need that. We need, it's a gift. It's a free gift that we can give one another to help us to live with faith and to, to be hopeful. And I, I, I would say, even as you're telling your story and I'm reflecting on, you know, having been there as you were traveling along that path from my perspective over here on the East coast uh, for most of it, but just to say that I'm in awe of how you kept your faith, but because of whom your hope lies in, right? Yep. Yep. Amen. That, and that then becomes it, it that is part of the lavish i think mm-hmm. of lavish hope is that you know god does lavish these blessings upon us and does you know d- does take pity on us when yep. we're trying to like block our own blessing right yep. um and and you did the other thing i wanted to say that is so countercultural you talked about surrendering yeah 
And Nikki, I'm so grateful to you because I think for us to be just to have that humble posture, even as we're celebrating where God has brought us and the influence that we're able to have, but that that surrender is part of that. And Amen. that is not something that is so um, valued in our society. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything that you could just tell our well, listeners about like maybe- yep you know, like an example of like that surrender. Totally. Totally. I'll try to make it quick too, because I know I'm talking a lot. Um, (laughs) We want you to talk. It's beautiful. So, so yeah, you, I believe we have to almost see ourselves as tanks, you know, it's this vessel. And um, when we, we have so many blocks that we've been taught as we've been growing up and doing this world and they, they are from the enemy and he's, he's an artist at it and he does not want us in our call or doing work for the kingdom or saving lives. And so it's all right that they're there. We get that those blocks are there, but we don't have to listen to them and they don't have to be our roadblocks when they're there. We have to name it. And it's like, um, it's probably in Corinthians, um, Ephesians, maybe too, but like put off your old self surrender, put off the ways of the world, put off these things that are blocking you every time they come up and say, Oh no, I am a child of of Christ. I am a child of God. Christ lives in me. I am made new and you, and you are allowed to like remove all that. And that surrender is almost a feeling. You can feel it happen where like, boom, it all goes away and you have to claim it. And you have to say in the name of Jesus and in your head, do it like, just know it's a surrender. And you, you, you stop the resistance of even fighting with Satan and you just like, let it go. And all of a sudden the Holy spirit will fill you up with exactly what you need to say, when you need to say it, how you need to feel. And it's a practiced art. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You just got to practice in times like the first time I did it was about a year. And I don't know, my daughter, my small youngest one was sassing off to me and um, her and I are so alike. (laughs) And, um, and I come from a house of screamers. Like I was taught to scream. It's so embarrassing. Right. And, and so as, um, and I hardly ever had to, cause my girls were so good, but this one, when she was a teenager lipping off to me and I felt that authority being threatened. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I don't rip nip this in the bud now, she's going to be a, a crazy woman. And I just you know I was panicking and I was matching her screaming. And it was the first time that I'd heard myself doing it. Like I knew my, my family, my sisters, my mom, like we were screamers and I could hear myself. And I actually kind of saw myself and her at each other screaming. And I didn't hardly know I was doing it, but that, that aware with that under that seeing myself, I just was like, Oh, I, no way. And I was like, God help me in my brain, you know, just kind of asking for him to come. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time it ever happened. Like I felt the transition. Like I instantly felt myself release all of that. And the Holy spirit came over me and I just, the fight was gone Mm -hmm. there. It couldn't be a fight. Like it was God all around. She didn't even know how to respond. She knew something weird happened, but Mm -hmm. you know, 
And, and I left, I said, Hey, I'm going to talk to you when I come back. I got to, I, we got to have a better conversation than this. I'll be back in a little bit. And I just left and I prayed and thanked God. And, and then, you know, after you do stuff once, then yep. you try it out again. Yes. And then pretty <laughs> soon, like you start doing it all the time. And then pretty soon you're all tapped in and you yeah. and Jesus are best friends and got, you know, this Trinity works great when you put it all together. That's beautiful. Thank you for articulating that for us. Just to give that sort of like practical sense of, you know, it's, it's almost like a, it's a spiritual practice or a muscle or, it you know, is. you just, you got, it's, it's habits, right? You have to yep. build these healthy, holy habits. Yep. So, um, so as we're finishing up, I just, I would love, you've already shared a little bit about it, but just, you know, what it, your, your project that you're working on, um, the platform mm-hmm. that you work from, can you just share with our listeners a little sure. bit about that? Sure. So I have a company called Fulfill Your Legacy, and I have these four books. Two are done. I I take people through these discipleship kind of program of sorts. The first one is just your life coaching, and the next one is into your home, so transforming your home. And as you know, it'll go out to your community and the world. But um, I am very busy now, and that's one of the blessings and kind of like, ah, So I don't do as much one-on-one and I do still for like that person that I know God's spoken to me to. But what I did was I had to about a year ago, I started this transition where now they're in a community and God walked me into this blindly and I just kept following. And now I see, now I see, right. But he knew I wouldn't, if I private coached, I'd have about six clients a month. That's how many people I would reach. Now those six could reach others and, you know, it's a bigger, but now what I'm doing is I have a community where I am able to go in there and I, I, I do so much every single day, starting January, we're starting this Bible in the year where I'm literally reading out loud the Bible for that day. And then at the end, I'm going to say, okay, this is the author. This is the main lesson of today and say a prayer and we're off. And I did it during COVID of April. I went live every day and I thought, I don't care if two people hop on, everyone's stuck at home and they've got the miserables Mm -hmm. and I'm going to just read the Bible. So I did Proverbs one every day. And by the time I got done with that, there were 400 people that would come in and they were my high school friends that like, I have never even, I don't have a Bible and they're chiming in every day. And so I just thought I'm going to do that this year. So inside of this group though, we do so much. I life coach once a month. I business coach once a month. I health coach once a month. I do a leadership coach training every Thursday. I read the Bible and teach every single morning. So what you can see is like, I do it once in there, but it doesn't matter if there's two people or 200 or 2000 or whatever. And I've now started to realize that God doesn't want this to be the Nikki show. And so I love the idea of elevating others. And so now I've, I've reached out to the community and I've said, who has talents that need to be grown or nurtured and how can I help you? And now I've got a woman in there that just started this month um, praying scripture and teaching people how to pray scripture. She does that once a week. I've got another um, mom in there that is so passionate about helping people be good moms. And um, so she's in there and she, um, she reads the words that um, affect your parenting. 
And so she does that. I've got a guy who's a bit prophetic. And so he's going to be going live starting in January once a week and just breathing light over the group. And so I know that it will just continue to grow. But the motto of that group um, is just one of my favorite Bible verses. And I, I know that was um, something that you asked and I'm just going to read it. I pulled it up so I don't screw it up. You'll know it, but this is the philosophy of the group and it speaks so much to what you're doing. So, um, so it's Ephesians 1, 17 through 19, that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in all knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope for which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards those who believe according to his great work. Can you imagine like the hope to which he has called you every single person, because we are children of God, it says the inheritance, whatever God is calling each and every one of us, we don't all know it. And all we need to do is get the Holy spirit into us to give us that revelation and that wisdom. And we, we can, we can do it. We got to tap into him. That's so beautiful. Nikki. Thank you for that. That's such a beautiful blessing for for all of us uh, to hear those words read. Thank you. Yeah. Um, let me just quickly ask you if somebody wanted to join this community, is it open for people to join or is there so, a process for that? Yeah, it's a subscription community. It's not very expensive. In fact, um, that's the purpose of doing it. Life coaching is a couple thousand dollars. You probably know that because we, we help people get coaching for our ministry leaders. But um, this is $24 a month. I tried to keep it right around like, you know, going out to eat or something like that. Mm -hmm. But um, inside of there, then, um, you know, we have a free month. So I just want people to get in there and see if it is worth their time and money in. And then they, then they can decide. So if they go there, they'll be able to see there's some training up at the top. If they go to that link and it's, it's called, I want more out of life training. And it's basically training on my book. And then down below, there are ways in which they could sign up if they want. That's great. So they can go to this website, even if they can't, if they're not, they're not sure about the actual group, they can still go and avail themselves of your other resources. So now at NikkiKlegel.com, so just my name, N-I-C-C-I-E-K-L-I-E-G-L.com is just my um, regular website. And yes, there's a lot of free stuff on there. And there's a blog and the talk show, um, iTunes, my talk shows on iTunes. So there'll be a lot. And even my Facebook page, there's so much. I put a blog out on Instagram and Facebook all the time. But yeah, so any of those would be wonderful. That's great. And then your books, they can also order your books or on Amazon there. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get to them from my website. That's probably the easiest way because then you don't have to try to think of the links. Great. Wonderful. Well, Nikki, thank you so much. You blessed us so much by being here and sharing your story and just all that God is doing in your life and your wisdom. Thank you for sharing so many beautiful um, spiritual images with us. Okay. So helpful for people on their journey. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Bless you all.